And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 48. And this is our 15th take. <laughs> 48 episodes in, Donna forgot how we started. Yep. <laughs> Tally for Carrie. <laughs> well, so Tally for not Carrie. Oh. <laughs> I did a thing in the last episode when I said that the phantom murderer in the Texarkana crime thing was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and some of you lovingly pointed out <laughs> that he would have had to have time traveled. You know. Yeah, I meant Zodiac. I think. Fuck, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and looked at my notes and I was like, no, they say Jack the Ripper. And then I was like, wait, when Teresa said, Creep Mom, when she was like, he would have had to have time traveled. I was like, oh, then mm, mm, mm. somebody fucked that up. Yeah. Probably me. <laughs> so just a little uh, oops. <laughs> I did it again, literally. I mean, one day I won't fuck up. <laughs> I mean, this was almost as bad as the whole Paula Gertrude. <laughs> Nothing can be worse I than that. I said almost. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Almost as bad as my Bloody Mary. Oh, true. But no, still, mine <laughs> wins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I love that, again, everybody was like, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Well, at least they listen and, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I said listen and. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry for the fuck up. Like, again, it, it's it's there that it was, like, Zodiac, like, because people, like, there's, like, whole, like, posts about, does anybody else think that this is a Zodiac killer? <laughs> but whatever I copied and fucking pasted <laughs> had jacked the motherfucking Ripper. That asshole. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking time traveling and shit. It was a glitch in the Matrix, guys. If you little right. blame Donna stories, it could have been. Very well possible. We'll give you a phantom tally. <laughs> okay, so that's my uh, fuck up for the evening. Well, my coworker Sean, you know, that uh, we've got yeah. in our cult, he messaged me today and said, fuck you, Donna. <laughs> and I was like, well, that could be many things. Yeah, I was like, what I do. I mean, I'm doing your order. And he was like, no. For getting me obsessed with cold. <laughs> he was like, did you look at the website? And I was like, one of Stephen Powell's websites? And I was like, I mean, he had like 50. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, the cold podcast. It has all the shit. All of it. No. Yes. Why have we not been? Girl, I did a deep dive today. I was like, I was like, hold on. Can't do your order just yet. Let me, let me look at this real quick. He was like. I'm so fucking paranoid now. And I was like, if you want to really fuck yourself up, turn on Netflix, abducted in plain sight. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I have a couple things to say about all that that you just okay. said. This morning, whenever I opened my podcast app, because I was listening to something while I got dressed, and I saw that a new episode of Cold downloaded last night, I Girl. literally out loud went, yes! <laughs> like, 7 o'clock in the morning, because I woke up late. <laughs> Yes! So excited. Mm-hmm. But I, was this the last episode? 
No, they're going to have more. Okay. So that's all I had to say about cold, other than the fact that I freaking love it, and I'm going to be doing that deep dive, too. But fucking abducted in plain sight. <laughs> Skip forward if you haven't listened to it or watched it. I mean, we're not going to, like, give it away, but holy fuck. Right. All the feels in the anger. Yes. Like, not the sad feels. Mm-mm. I mean, I feel sorry for the kid. Yeah. But the... Yeah. Fuck. The um, the amount of manipulation, though, that that guy had, right. like, the skill, like, aside from the fact that he's a shitty, shitty human being, mm-hmm. but his manipulation skills mm-hmm. and ability to read people and find their yes. weakest points, like, within a matter of, like, I mean, it was like a, like a superpower, like, yes. scan you, you are lonely and miserable in your marriage. Yes. Oh, my God, that reminded me, Anthony Hopkins... Uh-huh. Is it a okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he oh shit, he played a movie. No, <laughs> he played a movie. <laughs> Just the whole movie, it was him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he played in a movie, and I know. Yes, oh, do your thing again. Um, no, <laughs> but he could do that, and I can't think of the fucking name. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. But with this. he could do that, and like, so his little—he was staying at someone's like B and B kind of thing, and the kid was getting bullied, and so he like stood up for the kid, and he whispered in the bully's ear, was like, "I know what you do. Like, I see you in your house, like when you put on your mom's dresses or <gasps> something like that." And the kid was like, "Gotta go." Yeah. But it, I was like, "Damn, I wish I had that ability." Like, how freaking cool would that be? Wow. Well, one, you know, I'm freaking nosy. Uh, only for that. Yeah. Because I'm I'm like you. I'm so fucking nosy. Yeah. Like, I'm the type, I don't want drama in my life, but I want to know every fucking detail about yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't drag me into it, but I gotta fucking know. Girl, I'm in a dumpster fire Facebook group, and I'm like, every time they're like, go read the comments, and I'm like, uh... Click on the thing. Let's read. Mm-mm. Anyway, enough about that. We got to go because you know what? Oh, shit. I guess the long one. I mean, people like long ones, No, right? I know. I know, but. Whew. I mean, I was talking about something else. No, I know you were. Okay. That too, though. <laughs> All right. I want you to picture it. Closing my eyes. Don't go to sleep. We are taking a trip to Florida. Circa 1981. Your mother and you need to run to the mall to Sears because you got a little shopping that you got to get done. R.I.P. Sears. There was right. Mm. Look, <laughs> Sears had a lamp that you had been on, and it was fucking on sale. And so you're like, I gotta go. We gotta go get this. It's fucking on sale. Okay? I mean, that seems legit. Yeah. And so it's fucking summertime. So the kids are out of school. So you bring your kid with you. You go up to the Sears. And they have, like, this new little kiosk thing in the front of Sears with some new games that they have. Like, like pew, pew, like Space Invaders mm-hmm. type games. And there were some other kids playing there, like, you know, taking turns playing the games. And so you're like, hey, hang out here. Let me go get my lamp. What, Donna? Okay. Calling on Donna. She's got her hand raised. <laughs> okay. Do you remember? Oh, God. In front of Sears... At our mall, they used to have the quarter thing. So you'd put the quarter and it'd go like around and around and around and around and around and around and boop. Yes. Drop. Oh, my mama. 
Again, my mom let me do it. I was going to say, do you know how many times I've done that in my life? <laughs> Maybe once. Oh, my God. Every time I'm like, Maybe. Let me have another one. Let me have it. I was annoying you were as so fuck. fucking spoiled. <laughs> I mean, those quarters, y'all. <laughs> uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, it was charity, right? It went to like something. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's so funny. Sorry. When you said that, I was like, we didn't have anything. <gasps> we did. That's so funny. Okay. In fact, it was Atari games at this. Because remember, 81. Anyway, so you go get your lamp and you come back to get your kid and you're like, well, where the fuck are they? Oh, fuck. Where, like none of, the, none of the boys are there playing the games. And so you go find the store manager and he says... Well, the the kids had gotten in a little scuffle, and so they kicked them all out of the store. Well, when the security guard kicked him out of the store, he asked the the older boys if their parents were there, and they said they weren't. And so they were like, "Okay, you got would then you got to go." And your kid's a little shy and doesn't want to say, "Well, my mom's here." Yeah, and so. He kind of gets shuffled out with the with the older boys. So since he doesn't know the older boys, the older older boys leave and leave your son to his own devices out in front of the store. And you now are no longer able to find him. You search the toy department. You have him paged. You keep looking and looking and looking. And just by chance, you run into your son's grandmother. And... She helps you look. And so y'all are both looking. It's been 90 minutes. Y'all haven't found anything. And so you call the police. And that was the start of the disappearance and murder of Adam Walsh. Holy fuck! A.K.A. John Walsh's son. A.K.A. the guy who started America's Most Wanted. A.K.A. the guy who has a show on ID right now. Everything. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, Adam was with his mom, and I heard her name pronounced a couple of different ways, but Reve is what I think it is. So, yeah, Adam goes shopping with his mom, and they ran into his grandmother. She ran into his grandmother, Jean, whenever they were looking for him. So, there, there, I will say that there is a ton to this story, this specific story about Adam, and then this kind of in general story that I'm going to do. There are a couple of podcasts that have part ones and twos and you know, multiple episodes on it that I you know, highly recommend you go and you can go into a very deep dive. So I'm going to try to just scratch the surface of a bunch of different things. I'm by no means going to cover even remotely all of it. I do believe there was some stuff about like calling for the police and the police still weren't there. And so Reve called John Walsh and he's like, I'll be there in just a second, you know, and he, I think, beat the police there. Like, it was, you know, it wasn't until August 10th that they found a severed head in a drainage ditch. This all took place in Hollywood, Florida, at the Hollywood Mall. So, you're picturing Florida, swamps, you know, all that. So, the a severed head was found in a drainage canal along the Florida Turnpike. But it was found like 130 miles away from Hollywood, California. And a fisherman had found it. The next morning, the Walshes, they got on and they, because they had been saying like, we will give 
like we're in a place where we're going to offer a substantial reward if you can tell us the like if you can help us bring him home safe yada 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 tell us where he is well the day after they found the severed head they offered a hundred thousand dollar reward but not long after they offered the reward they identified that as actually being adam the rest of the remains were never found but they were able to rule the death as by asphyxiation and they knew that he had died several days before. So he wasn't like kept this long period of time and then killed. You know, he had been dead for a little bit. You know, I never knew they found his, like him. I thought yeah. he was still missing. I did too. And I think I've even watched something on him and I'm like, God, why do I not know this case at all? Right? Yeah. The Hollywood police totally botched this investigation there was stuff like basically like a lot of the physical evidence was misplaced or lost or what have you just it was just poorly poorly managed well i'm gonna kind of jump forward a little bit but eventually through the investigation the police said that adam was abducted by a man named otis tool and that he, so he was this drifter, and that when Adam was told to leave by the security guard, and he was just standing outside by himself, Otis was like, well, come get in. And he had a white 1971 Cadillac, and the right bumper had some damage on it. But he told Adam that he would give him some toys and candy, because he was six years old. Yeah. I mean, he's not. And again, you would never leave a six-year-old alone in, you know, in the front of a department store now. But shit, it was 1981. Yeah. That was absolutely fucking normal. Once he got Adam in the car, they started driving north on I-95 towards Jacksonville. It said that, like, at first, Adam was okay, you know, wasn't freaking out. But, like, the further they drove, the more he started panicking. And so... To calm him down, Otis Tool like, hit him so hard he knocked him unconscious. Oh, my gosh. Like, quote, walloped him unconscious. All I know is a dollop of Daisy. Well, he walloped him. So, when he realized, though, that after he hit him, that he was still alive, he strangled him with the seatbelt to death and then dragged him out of the car and decapitated him with a machete. Holy fuck. Why still a kid? Well, okay. He said that he wanted to make him his adopted son, but... I don't buy that. No, absolutely fucking not. I think that he probably took him to to sexually assault him. Or sell him. And when Adam started freaking out and he hit him, he thought he hit him so hard Mm -hmm. he killed him. And then when he realized he wasn't dead, he was like, well, shit. Now you got to do it. Yeah. He says that he disposed of his body in an old refrigerator, like, that he incinerated it. Also, I really don't think he was going to sexually assault him. I feel more like, well, I don't know, because I don't know his backstory yet. Mm-hmm. But just thinking, I feel like if he knocked him unconscious, well, you know, I can't say that word. Mm-hmm. You have uh, it. Oh, fuck. I need to just be more confident about it. But if he knocked him unconscious, mm -hmm, I feel like he could still sexually assault him Mm -hmm. if he 
And I mean, maybe he did, and he's just not saying it. Yeah. But oh, God, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ugh, I'm saying he didn't get to, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ugh. Well. Long story short, the police had the bloodstained carpet that was in the car and the machete that is supposed to have been used to decapitate him. But again, mismanagement of all of it, and that's the stuff they lost. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -mm -mm. Okay, so we're going to put this. How do you misplace a machete? I don't fucking know. So we're going to put that on hold for a second. And we're going to get to know old Otis Elwood Tool. So he was born and raised in Jacksonville. Shitty, shitty, shitty childhood. Father was an alcoholic, abandoned him. His mother was extremely religious, but very abusive. And according to him, his sister sexually assaulted him and made him like dress up in girls' clothes And would call him Susan. And that not only did his sister sexually assault him, a lot of, like, other family members that were close to him did. Oh, fuck. Why Susan? Maybe she liked the name. It's just an old name. Well, it was, I didn't write what year he was born, but. I mean, I get it, but you know what I mean? Like, Susie. He was 17 in 1964, so. I can't do that. But. (laughs) 48, something like that. I don't know. But anyway, you know what I mean? Like, Susie would be yeah. a kid thing. Like, Susan, that's like... Okay, you are getting caught up on the wrong fucking details Take your vitamins. Here. You know, she's... You know, don't worry about the fact that she fucking sexually assaulted him and dressed well, him up as a girl. She chose Susan? <laughs> no. Okay, Miss Nesbitt from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> You, oh, that's funny. I'm choosing not to you, think about that. You're focusing that. on the wrong, okay, girl. Well, it's just you wait. Oh, fuck. Not only did, like I said, his sister, their next door neighbor was someone else who sexually assaulted him. Fuck that. So they also lived with his maternal grandmother, and he wanted to be very close to her because, obviously, everybody else was pieces of shit. Well,. She was great and all, but she was a Satanist that, and not like we, you know, are understanding and appreciative of everyone's <laughs> everything. So his grandmother wasn't the Satanist that we think of today, like with whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She, so she wanted to bring him into it, and they had a lot of rituals and that sort of thing that. They encouraged self-mutilation, grave robbing. She called him, quote, devil's child. So they would, like, go around and, like, rob people's graves and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, family bonding time. Mm-hmm. So he had very mild intellectual disability. He had an IQ of 75. So that's, well, I wouldn't even say very mild. That's whatever. He had an intellectual disability. Okay. He also had epilepsy. So he'd have those big old grand mal seizures, like what you think of when you think of somebody having a seizure. And so, again, he just had, he had it rough. And then he said that when he came out to his family that he's gay, he started getting even more abused. Oh, gosh. He would run away a lot when he was a kid and he would just sleep in abandoned houses. 
even even as a kid, he kind of became like a serial arsonist and would get sexually aroused by the fire. He said that when he was five years old, his dad's friend came over and his dad like took them both in a room and his his father like made him have sex with his friend, his his dad's friend. So like he's five and the Fuck. other guy's a fucking adult. And then he said that I can't even wrap my head around that. I know. It, he was 10 when he said that he knew he was gay. He did have an, a relationship with a kid in the neighborhood when he was 12, but then he dropped out of school when he was in ninth grade and started hitting the nightlife, going to gay bars. Hitting the nightlife. I mean. So when he was a teenager, he was dropped out of school. He's, like, going and living in all these men. You know, he's he's basically on the streets. And he made his money as a sex worker, and he was a petty thief, all the things. He says that he committed his first murder when he was 14. <gasps> Shit. Because he's, this is, well, and this is not proven. This is per him. But that, so a man propositioned him for sex because he was working as a sex worker. And the guy was like a traveling salesman. And some shit went down. And so, Otis like ran the guy over with his own car. Fuck. Yeah. When he was 17, that's when he was arrested for the first time for loitering. Then there was some time that's kind of like, we don't really know where he went from there for about seven or eight years. But what we do know is that he was supporting himself through sex work and just kind of panhandling and, you know, all those things. In 1974, he was living in Nebraska and he was one of the prime suspects in the murder of a 21-year-old, uh -uh, 24-year-old named Patricia Webb. So, right after that, he's like, bye, and he goes to Boulder, Colorado. Then, not after, like, a month, he's there. He becomes a suspect in the murder of a 31-year-old named Ellen Holman. So, then, he's like, peace out, Boulder, and he decides to head back to Jacksonville. And so, when he gets back to Jacksonville, he meets, and I think within, like, a week, marries this woman, they were married. She was 25 years older than him. They were only married for three days when she found out that he was gay and was like, I'm out, dude. You're, you know, like, yeah, sorry. Like, basically, he was using the marriage as a way to mm. hide his sexuality. And she's like, no, thanks. Now we're going to kind of transition away from old Otis. And now we're going to talk about Henry Lee Lucas. Of his BFF. Alrighty. So this guy was born in Virginia. And just to kind of tell you about like how shitty his childhood was, he got into a fight, I think with his brother, but it could have been with a friend. It's an insignificant detail. But he got into a fight where his eyeball was cut. What? And that he does say he's 10 years old. I, I don't even know because I eyeball. blanked out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 10 years old. Gets in a fight. His eyeball gets cut. It gets such a bad infection that was ignored for so fucking long that they had to take out his eyeball and give him a glass eye. Yeah. So he was clearly poorly cared for. Like, yes. He lost his eye because of an infection that could have been prevented. But he was also just a little punk. Like, wanting to always fight and instigating and that kind of thing. He... Like to get attention for that bad behavior because he wasn't fucking getting it at home. It's right. like textbook 
Yes. Because his, so his mother was a sex worker, but she would make him watch her have sex with her clients. What? And she would also, just like Otis Tool, she would make him dress in women's clothing and make him go in public. What? Remember who else's mom did that? Uh-huh. Fucking Ed Kemper's. Yes. His dad, when he was like 13 years old, when Henry Lee Lucas was 13 years old, his dad was in a wheelchair because he had been, he had lost his legs in a railroad accident before. His dad had been out drinking and when he came home from boozing it up, like collapsed outside the door. And never made it inside, and there was a blizzard. His dad <gasps> died of hypothermia. Holy fuck. Yes. So, he dropped out of school in the sixth grade Shit. and ran away from home. Again, kind of drifting around Virginia. He said that he committed his first murder in 1951 when he said that he strangled a 17-year-old named Laura Burnsley because she was like absolutely fucking not when he came on to her. Oh god. He had a lot of like burglary charges around Virginia. He was sentenced to 4 years. He escaped, was recaptured, then was released just like 2 years later. So after he got out of jail though, he moved to Michigan to live with his half half sister Opal. And that's when he was engaged to this lady that he was pen pals with in jail. Oh, Lord. And so when... It was true love. I know. So when his mom came to visit for Christmas, she was like, I don't like your fiance. You need to move back with me. And he was like, absolutely fucking not. Fuck you. And I'm getting married anyway. They're arguing. It's It's ugly. So what does he do? Hits her upside the head. Kills his mother. Fuck. He sh- because he said that she struck him over the head with the broom, so he stabbed her in the neck. Well, tit for tat, apparently. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't force her to watch them have sex. I know. So he said that he... All he remembers is, like, slapping her along across the neck, but that he didn't know that he, like, had a knife in his hand. He didn't realize that he had killed her. I just slapped her across the neck. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of throat punching, not neck slapping. Well, so he flees because he's like, fuck, she's dead. When his half-sister gets back home... She's like, fuck, she's still alive. And calls the ambulance and is like, you know, she's like in this pool, blah, 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 blah. Well, and it ended up being too late and she died anyway. So she, but she did survive for a while. Well, they ended up saying that she died of a heart attack precipitated by the assault. Whoa. His, so he was arrested for his mother's murder and he was sentenced between 20 and 40 years in prison in Michigan for second degree murder. He served 10 years in prison and re- was released in June 1970 due to prison overcrowding. What? Uh-huh. No. The man killed his fucking mother. Wow. And on accident, he didn't know what's this utensil in my hand? Fuck that. Like I 
you killed someone, I think you're rehabilitated. You know, not not 1970s, so maybe let's not arrest the the people who were, like, smoking pot or right. whatever. You know, let's not start our war on drugs. Maybe not all that. Let's, let's... Release the prisoners. Release the fucking murderers mm-hmm. because we have overcrowding because we're arresting people for shit that shouldn't even be illegal. Uh, first to go, death row. Come on out. You're fine. You're fine. New you, lease on life. You... Wait, you had some pot on you? Okay. You robbed what? No, not you either. You killed... Who'd you kill? Your mom? Okay, come on. You can come Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. So. Which I still feel that's... Not the overcrowding, but that's... That happens today, too. Like Oh, yeah. Railroad them for drugs, like mm-hmm. petty drugs. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys spend 20 years in here. Yes. And it's like 20 years for fucking weed? God, what was I watching? I think it was last night. It was something on ID or or ID, forensic files, something like that. And God, what was it? It was like the smallest, like the, like the dumbest charge. And they got like 10 years in prison. And I, I remember thinking to myself... People who have murdered someone spend less time. And it was like, maybe they had meth on them. And I'm not saying that, like, drugs are illegal and don't do illegal shit. Right. Not what I'm saying. Don't do illegal shit. Don't go to jail. But, it like, I'm talking about just the The length of the sentence for having meth on them was the same as people get for murder. Yeah. And it just was like, whoa. Okay, but that could be a whole other fucking Yeah, podcast. sorry. So, flash forward about six years later. We're just going to start calling them Tool and Leek Lucas, okay? Because okay. I do not like Otis. Okay. Otis. It should be Otis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're flashing forward six years. They're both in Jacksonville at a soup kitchen. And they meet each other, and they're like, hey, 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 let's have sex. And so... They start having an affair, and they are best friends. They're best friends who have sex, and they're best friends who kill together. Oh, fuck. Okay, so there were a fuck ton of cases that I could have, you know, that I, that I, we could have gone over and done, and so many. But basically how it all fucking went down was... In June of 1983, Lucas was arrested by Texas Rangers for unlawful possession of a firearm. And when he was arrested for that, he says that the police were terrible. They stripped him naked, denied him of cigarettes, denied him of bedding, held him in a cold cell, didn't allow him to contact his attorney, blah, 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 blah. After four days, he confessed to a murder. And the poli- the investigators were like, okay, yeah, I, you know, we think this one's genuine. And then he confessed to another murder. And then he just fucking started confessing to all kind of shit. And so that's when police figured out that he was partners with Tool and that they had done a lot of bad shit. So that's kind of how they figured out. So okay. once Lucas started confessing... Tool got word of it because he was in jail for an arson 
incident for which he was sentenced to 20 years. So while he was sentenced for that 20-year arson thing, he starts confessing to. So he confessed to killing George Sonnenberg. And supposedly, George, he was 64 years old, and... They had gotten, I think they had a, they were both in a boarding house. And I think there was a disagreement of some sort. And so Tool barricaded him into the boarding house and set it on fire. What the fuck? And so he ended up surviving. Oh my God. Like out of the, the immediate fire, but then a week later passed from his injuries. And so, like fucking Jack. I know. But the the arson that he was in, he got the 20 years for, was not that. It was a whole other thing. Okay. Um, so while, like I said, not like I said, while Tools confessing to all that crap, you got Henry Lee Lucas arrested for the firearm thing. He starts talking. They both start talking. Everybody's talking. Now, here's the thing. When they were both, when they both started telling all the shit, they would get to go to locations to show the police different things. And while they were out and about, they would get fast food. Mm-hmm. Like, all these things. They'd yeah. get a break from their cells. They'd get fast food. They'd get to go, you know, outside, which I know is the same thing as a break from their cells. But, you know, they get to walk around and, yeah. you know, do all this stuff. And so, they started saying they were committing all these fucking murders. Like, at one point, because Tool was... He was the one I feel like that was more in the spotlight. Neither one of them were very bright. Neither both of them had terrible upbringings, and so for the first time in their lives, they were getting all this attention, and media outlets coming and interviewing them, and you know just all this stuff. And so I think that's why they started confessing to all these things to make themselves sound. Way better than they were. Yeah. And I feel like every time they talked to Tool, his n- number of kills, like, grew and grew and grew. You know? And I feel like he he made it a point to say, like, well, I was killing people before Lucas and I teamed up. Mm-hmm. He says that his number got up to 125. I'm thinking, you know, in my professional opinion, mm-hmm. that it's probably around the 5 or 10 mark. Which is still a fuck ton. Yeah. But it's not 125. So, at first, Henry Lee Lucas was the one that was talking about their stuff together. Tool was like, okay. Yeah, he's right. Started backing up his confessions. Okay. Tool was the first one to say that they that he had murdered Adam Walsh, though. And Henry Lee Lucas backed him up. And they had some stuff that... They had some details and stuff that, again, only the killers could have known. But one thing did say that the night before Tool confessed to Adam's murder, there was a TV special, like, with, like, a made-for-TV movie about it. And so they're like, well, some of that could have come from that. But there still were some things like, well, he when they took him, because he said that it was... Because he had seen a couple of the crime scene photos that the police were like, well, what about this? What about that? And he had seen a photo with, like, the bridge where the head was found. Mm-hmm. But when they, whenever they took him out, and they took him to, like, three or four places, and he had to tell, like, where it was found, he picked the right one out. And they're like, well, he could have seen that bridge in the picture. So they were, like, 
yeah. could have, but really he did it. And yeah. like their locations, like a journalist had ruled out a lot of the homicides that they had confessed to based on where we know they were mm-hmm. in the country at the time. And so like, they're like, I mean, cause again, they were drifters. They, they would steal cars and they would drive them and then it, like old, old cars. And as soon as the cars died, they would just like pull over on the side of the road where it died, leave it and start hitchhiking Gosh. or hop on a railroad or what have you. So they just, they just made their way around the country. Yeah. And so there were times where it was like, yeah, we knew that they were committing a murder, let's say in Virginia, but they claimed that one and they claimed one that happened in California that happened like at the exact same time. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's like, well, we know they did Virginia. There's no way they could have done California kind of thing. Also, whenever I was watching this, I think it was called Serial Killers. It was on YouTube and it was about them and it just had like a picture of a really old car that was like it was beaten up and just kind of pulled over in a parking lot kind of thing and i was like oh my god how many cars have we seen like that that could be them i mean obviously not because of the years but like it could be somebody on the run that stole this car thinking nobody'd miss it and then it broke down on them and they just ditched it and left you know yes i don't know it was just the image of that like Mm b-roll film that i was like god that could be yeah, Anything. It's so eye-opening. Yes. There were some things that said that Tool confessed to certain, like the George Sonnenberg murder, that he confessed to that so that he could get back to Jacksonville, like so he would get extradited back. Mm. Because they say that Tool and Lucas wanted to be in the same prison. So, because, I mean, they're lovers, you know? Yeah. And so they could just live their lives in prison together. But he was... In April of 1984, found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death for that murder. And then, did I say for that murder like three times? Sorry. (laughs) And then later that year, he was found guilty of a murder of a 19-year-old woman that he strangled to death. And he he got another death sentence for that one. But later, when he was appealing, they both were commuted to life in prison. While he was in jail for those, though, he pled guilty to four more Jacksonville murders and received four additional life sentences. Damn. Yeah. I think that the thing that I have such a hard time with wrapping my head around with these murders, though, is that the victimology is weird. I feel like they bounced around. Like, they killed some women, and then, but yet they also killed men. But yet they also killed Adam, you know, and so it's just like, I don't know, like then they because like one of the murders that they confessed to was an 18 year old. His name was David Shallert, and he was a hitchhiker that they they picked up around Pensacola, you know, and then I, I don't know, just the, the victimology is just mm-hmm. it's just so all over the place. But I feel like so were they. Yeah, they killed just to kill. Which helps me think that they were they did not sexually assault Adam. Well, yes. But here's the weird thing, too, though. They just have such an interesting dynamic and lives because we know that they are both gay. I can't decide if they are bisexual because, you know, I understand that 
sexuality is fluid and that we can't put these binary terms and ideas on them. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around it because so they were together. They also had other sexual partners that were men, but O'Toole got married to that woman and then she ended up divorcing him because of his sexuality. But Lucas got married too. He, so I told you though, remember how we talked about that he had been the pen pal that he had? Yeah. So they ended up getting married and they were married for two years until his stepdaughter said that he was sexually abusing her. Oh, fuck. And so, fuck. That's when that relationship ended, you know? And so it's just like they have these relationships with women and then they, also abuse young girls. So I just can't figure yeah. out the the pattern and and all of that. Now, when Lucas and Tool became friends, Lucas became close with Tool's niece, Frida Becky Powell. She herself had an intellectual disability. After her mother and grandmother had died, she was put into a state shelter. And so Lucas convinced her to leave the system because I think she was like 15 and come live with like, come just travel the road, go over the road with them. So they were traveling together, went to work in California for this wealthy family and to take care of this 82 year old lady. Well, her name was Kate Rich. Well, Kate Rich's family kicked him out and failed them because they said like, you're not doing your job. And they were writing checks out of the lady's account. And so they got kicked out. So then they ended up going to this place called house of prayer. They thought they were married. They found him a job as a roofer and they were like, okay, you can stay in this apartment on this commune. And so Lucas said that she, Becky had become more argumentative because she was homesick. And so she just left, like, she was, like, just left him at this truck stop. However, he ended up later confessing to killing Kate Rich and Becky Powell. Oh, shit. So he basically had an affair slash relationship with Otis Tool's niece and then killed her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just... I don't know. It's just very interesting dynamics. And so those are the murders that he confessed to when he was arrested for that unlawful possession of a firearm. And those are the two murders that were kind of the catalyst for his full confession. So now we know that though that they confessed to, like I said, it was like 28 murders, unsolved murders that they confessed to and they were going and getting their KFC. Like it was, it was like a specific thing about how he loved Otis Tool loved KFC. That's where they would stop. You know? Yeah. So, it's just bullshit in that way. So, basically... KFC is fucking expensive. hmm So, Henry Lee Lucas was eventually convicted of 11 homicides. And he was sentenced to death for one identif- unidentified woman that they named, quote, Orange Socks. Because... Her body was found in Williamson County, Texas on Halloween of 1979. But there was a timesheet that said that he was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. So 
remember this is in Texas. So George Bush commuted his death sentence to life in prison because they're really not sure. But he had all these other. And so, but that's the one he was given the death penalty to. Mm. And so that's why it was commuted. But there's, look, I'm going to show you this. This is a reconstruction of what she may have looked like when she was alive because they don't know. That's why she's called Orange Socks because they still don't know who she is. But it's like a yeah, like a like a reenactment, basically a reenactment picture. Yeah. But they they don't really know. I think they just have her body. I don't even really know that they have her head. God. But anyway, what breaks my heart about that orange socks? It was Halloween, so she was just being festive mm-hmm. and enjoying her life. I know. Lucas ended up dying at the age of sixty four in prison from heart failure. And Otis Toole died from cirrhosis when he was 49. But we're not done yet because there's more. Some stuff even said that, like, their confessions went up to, like, 3,000 murders. It's just it, There's just no way. But there is strong evidence pointing to that they really did kill Adam Walsh. And when you... If you were to ask John Walsh who killed your son, he would say them. Like, he wow. he truly believes that, like, the case is closed. They truly believe that it was them. Yeah. Um. And so, if John Walsh believes it, I believe it. Oh, for sure. Okay. I do want to say, because I'm about to go into a conspiracy. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I do want to say, though, that I know that I missed some murders. Like, big ones. Like, of course, I'm spacing on the guy's name. But there was a... A sheriff whose father was murdered that, like, McDaniel was their last name. Like, I know that I'm missing some yeah, big pieces, but there's no way to cover it all. Yeah. I mostly wanted to cover Adam Walsh and just kind of their histories and talk a little bit about yeah who they, again, trying to figure out, the like I said, the dynamics and their sexuality and how it impacted the victims that they chose and you know so i wonder how much of it was just circumstance i don't know i feel like the women though not all of them but the ones i'm thinking about his wife Mm -hmm. and the rich lady Mm -hmm. they served a purpose oh yeah and then he was done with them gone you know it wasn't like he was lucas i think lucas was more Convenience, like he was more the con artist, mm-hmm. and like you said, used people. They were a means to an end. Yeah. Whereas I think Tool was more the leader of the two, mm-hmm. and he was the true, like psychopath. You know, yeah. he was the one that just killed. You know, there was there was one thing that I listened to that was talking about for Tool when he barricaded George in there and. Caught the house on fire. He went across the street and watched it it burn and masturbated watching it burn. Because it and then excited him. Yeah. Went, yeah. And then when he heard George screaming, he was able like to masturbate again. You know what I mean? And so it's just like Yeah. Because so his his killings were very different, I think, than Luke. Mm-hmm. Lucas was just the wrong for the ride. He was the con man who, like I said, his victims were a means to an end for him. Tool was a totally different ballgame, though. Yeah, Tool was a tool. Uh Uh-huh. So here's the conspiracy. Have you ever heard of the Hand of Death cult? No. I hadn't either. How did we miss? These are apparently huge things that how the fuck do we miss? Okay. 
because we didn't know the Adam Walsh details, and we don't know this. Wait, what is it called again? Hand of Death Cult. Okay. So there's a book called Hand of Death, and it's by Max Call. And in it, I'm going to kind of paraphrase. There's like a big old quote that talks about the things that Henry Lee Lucas talks about. But basically, there is a nationwide satanic cult that has a mobile paramilitary camp in the Florida Everglades that teaches the fine art of killing. And that tool, his grandmother was a Satanist. Exactly. And that there were other trainings that you could go to that were about abductions and arson techniques. And But do they teach you how to masturbate while lighting a house on fire? I mean, if it's what you're into, I'm sure they'd guide you. That's a specialty. Mm-hmm. That's That costs extra. <laughs> That's so wrong. Okay, so according to Lucas, the first task he was given was that he had to murder one of the other students, quote, and it was... Their um, classes were overpopulated? Apparently. And, the, okay, this is the quote. A young black homosexual who had betrayed his oath to the devil... And that he slit the man's throat, and later that same night, they performed a satanic ritual in which the dead, like, the dead man's heart was cut out, his blood was drained, and his body was dismembered. Holy fuck. Then, all of the members drank his blood and ate pieces of his flesh. Okay. Um, Hold, please. Hold, Then the rest of the remains were burned on an altar. And that there were several hundred students at the Hand of Death training from six different countries. Half of them were women. And the camp provided unlimited access to all kinds of drug taking, which was encouraged recreational activity. Okay. Skirt, go back to the eating altar thing. That sounds like a scene right out of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix. Like a witch has to offer herself up and then... Like the new thing? Yeah. The new one has that? Yeah. Well, this was way the fuck before no, that. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, skirt Sabrina. Like, you looking up in this conspiracy theory and being like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. Okay. I see you. So... Also... Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, I think it's funny... Not funny... But in a dink way, <laughs> um, that Lucas slit this guy's throat, and he's the one that slit his mom's and was like, I didn't know I had a knife. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but you learned how to, whatever. But it's okay. just funny. Like, mm. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, these fucking fuckers are lying, saying they got 3,000 kills, except... They both told the exact same story, separate of one another. Like, not exact, but they told the same story, separate of one another's, in different prisons, to different interrogators, at different times. But, I mean, that could have been something they talked about and, like, fantasized. there's more. Okay. They said that they had met a guy who called himself, himself, (laughs) no, he didn't have multiple selves, (laughs) called himself Don Metric. And he invited them to come to Miami to do contract killing for the hand of death. 
and that Metric eventually told Lucas, like, okay, Tool and I have been working together for years. And he said that, like, at the time, he felt manipulated, that, like, Tool had manipulated him into joining this cult that he was already in. Okay, so they said that the, like, camp was on a remote island, like, in the swamp, deep in the Everglades, and that you could only get to it via airboat. I mean, that sounds... Legit. I mean, like... Well, I mean, that sounds like you grew up in Florida or... Louisiana. Louisiana, yes. For those of you who don't know, though, an airboat is the one that's a boat with, like, basically, like, a big old industrial fan (laughs) Mm -hmm. on the tail end of it because in the swamps, it's so swampy and, like, has so much, like, like the marsh, like the plants and shit. you don't have to explain this because you know everybody been watching you think the people up in fucking sweden and uh they know they watch swamp whatever swamp people yeah yeah they watched him whatever well, anyway so there's so much like plant life in the water that you can't have like a regular propeller on the boat because it gets stuck mm-hmm. so they created these airboats that basically have like big ass industrial fans on the back that propel the boat anyway so the government like or the police take their helicopters up and they survey the land which there was a picture i found online about it too but anyway and they're like there ain't nothing unless you go fucking underground for this shit you know there's nothing (laughs) so of course lucas is like um hand of death has connections in the u.s government so they were tipped off in advance to hide (laughs) if that is legit i feel like they would keep tabs on the people or whatever oh yeah like Oh, these people got popped. Lego. Yeah. Okay. Henry, I mean, Lucas said that he was an instructor, blah, blah, blah. So three days before he was scheduled to be executed, Lucas, that's when, who was then Texas governor, George Bush, commuted it to a life sentence. George Bush, W, famous for always refusing to grant stays of execution, for death row inmates, right before he was supposed to be put to death, commuted his sentence. Yeah. Some say that he saved him from death because there was some lingering doubts about his guilt on that one case. They're saying that, like, like even one of the death row inmates that old W refused to grant a stay of execution was a great-grandmother who killed her abusive husband in self-defense. And, like, she was put to death. And it's like, but, so why did he spare the life of, like, this notorious killer? Well, that goes on to a different subject. Well, that's weird. Not weird, but, like, I I mean, I can see the logic of why he commuted it because there wasn't a lot of evidence in that one case. But, so Tool was also sentenced to death in Florida. And his sentence was commuted to life in prison by then governor jeb bush so both of the bushes commuted the sentences of these two killers and so they're like hmm the bushes are part of the hand it's made to tell i'm just kidding (laughs) the hand of death cult i mean why would they want to keep them alive though like they're no good to them in jail, so just kill them so they don't talk about the cult. Because you can always deny it because they're batshit. 
And if a higher up told them, don't kill them. Or if. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why would a higher up be like, oh, we got to save them? Because they, I don't know. Maybe they can do shit in prison. They can, like, carry out shit while they're in jail. I don't fucking know. I'm just saying. Okay. It's a thing. Okay. Okay. I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory. And the Bushes baked beans thing, it is, hmm, but. Okay, so, but listen, though. There's a rumor that there's another serial killer that's in the hand of death cult. And it's Jeffrey Dahmer. Girl, if I thought, I heard it, and I was like, if you say Jack the fucking Ripper, <laughs> <laughs> check your notes the again, Zodiac. bitch. No. Okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer. So he, even though he was in Wisconsin when he was arrested in 1991, he was actually in Miami at the time that Adam Walsh was murdered. And so some people say that they and like Lucas and O'Toole and Dahmer can all be placed at the Sears that Adam Walsh was abducted. How is Jeffrey Dahmer placed there? An eyewitness. Like after Jeffrey Dahmer was famous? Well, I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, I don't question your shit. Uh, <laughs> well, run that back. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to understand, like, okay, next time, next episode, please do Jeffrey Dahmer so we can pinpoint out of all his shit that you're going to talk about. Okay, and where was he at the Sears? Okay, but here's the thing. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer liked to eat people. Mm-hmm. Tool and Lucas liked to eat people. Remember that? We just know from that altar thing. Yes, because hold, please. When O'Toole and Lucas would talk it together, like talk on the phone in prison, obviously they recorded their mm -hmm. conversations. And there were like conversations that they had about cannibalism with each other, like that mm. they had done it. And it would be like, like they would talk about how some flesh like tasted like meat and they would talk about drinking blood and that. I mean, I just don't believe anything they say because, again, they know they're being recorded and they like to boast themselves, not mm -hmm. but whatever. You know, they like to toot their own horn and puff out their chest. So it's like they get off on that. So, yeah, them being like, oh, this is going to gross them out. Like, I will say, though, that they found and I don't know, I'm not I can't tell you when they found it, like where they found this. But they found his handwritten a homemade barbecue or spaghetti sauce. And it includes tomato puree Pums. or paste. Oh, uh, tools. Okay. Tomato paste, garlic, jalapeno peppers, mushrooms, vinegar, and a cup of blood. And it's specifically for eating it, the barbecue, like they to on skin, on flesh. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I, th I think that they had some cannibalism. Okay. I don't know that it was to the extent of, like, the satanic shit that they had, but I think they probably had some. I, I don't I don't know, though. Maybe not. I just don't believe anything they say. Because, yeah. again, if they say they killed all of these people and then they've already lied about mm -hmm. that and it's been proven that they lied. True. So, 
I just feel like that's one other thing that they could do. Mm-hmm. And they've been together, so they've been having their dirty talk. And you know what normal dirty talk, right? Like vanilla dirty talk, right, right? Other shit, right? And they've known each other for so long, and they know each other so well, and are so close that they can riff off of each other without yes. even. You know and, what I mean? And it's like okay. It's like us doing this just to hype each other up, but like yeah. also it can get each other aroused. Yeah, late, you know, for later, like put this in your memory bank mm-hmm. when you spank. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was such a loud laugh. <laughs> oh God! Sorry, that laugh is so loud. <laughs> Damn, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but, you know, that's what True. I feel like. Just because, I don't know. I feel like if they wanted to be secretive or to have it just between them, they would have code names or, like, they would just talk about the barbecue sauce or whatever. Yeah. You know, not like. True. I, 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 that's how I feel like I would be if I were a serial killer. Do you? Okay. Do you think that Tool was so – I answered my own question in my head. But do you think – that I'll say it anyway. Do you think that Tool was so manipulative that he had Henry Lee Lucas confu- – I mean, like, believing this whole time that he was in a cult? Yes, probably. Because if they both told the same story, different places, different inter- – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But – then I was like, you know, and I and I don't mean this at, like as an asshole, but I don't think that Tool was smart enough to do that. Like his intellectual capacity, based on his, like he. So one of the things I listened to about it was saying that like with his seventy five IQ, that like it's just high enough for him to be able to like read and write. A little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just don't know if he has that manipulative power. I think that is innate. Now, those are very different types of intelligence. Yes. Being able to read someone and manipulate someone has nothing to do with your ability to read and write. Totally know that those are very, very different. Worldly intelligence and common sense and all reading people and Mm -hmm. all that is intuitive to an extent. But the manipulation and the... I don't know, the connivingness that it would take. I don't even know if that's a word. But, you know, that it would take to orchestrate Lucas believing this elaborate scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he has that capacity. Yeah. Do I think that he has plenty of intelligence to be able to, just like we talked about on Abducted in Plain Sight, being able to find the most, you know, your vulnerabilities and Mm -hmm. exploit them? Absolutely. Because that's intuition and that's, you know, just intuition. Yeah. But I don't think that he has the capacity. I I don't have the capacity to be able to move the chess pieces in a way to make you think that you were part of a freaking cult. You know what I mean? Yeah. That made you kill. Well, I'm just thinking, also, we don't know if he really ever was there or Tool just told him so many things and he had that guy be like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. about the thing. But he never went to this island or. Well, but he had this whole, 
And again, he was a liar, blah, blah. But Henry Lee Lucas had this whole, like, storyline about going, getting extra training in arson and kidnapping. And that he was so skilled with the knife and how how he slit that one guy's throat that I told you that they like drank his blood and mm-hmm. all that. He was so skilled in that that they made him made him an instructor. And so some of that could have just been like the story getting bigger and bigger as he's telling it I in that one so. setting. But he still had this grandiose storyline in his head that I'm not sure where it all came from. And if it came from one sitting and that he just is telling this story or if it was something that Tool was able to corroborate and that they had, you know what I mean? It was like, like you said, a fantasy that they had. I really think Tool told him about this and like, this is what you can specialize in. And with your abilities, you would be a teacher because you're so, you know, precise with that knife and blah, 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 blah. You would totally be a teacher. And if you work hard enough, you can do this. And I swear I'm going to take you. Yeah, that's true. You know, and like he can, and then be like, when I was there, we slid open this guy's throat and drank his blood and ate his, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, so he's, like, this is what happened when I was there. And and he's getting him hyped. Yes. You know? And, like, it's going to be so great. Yes. And then he's, like, I'm going to just say I was in there, too, because he feels like he's a part of it. Yeah. But hasn't really done it. So true. Because, again. He's a follower. Mm-hmm. And Tool's a manipulator. Mm-hmm. Dang. Well, again. So I have my own conspiracy to the conspiracy. Yeah. I do think it is interesting. And again, it's one of those things that it's probably just a fucking coincidence, that, you know, with the bushes. But yeah, it's, it is interesting. That one does make me raise my eyebrows. Now, with that being said about, I can't remember the, I can't remember Tool's thing. But for Lucas, though, that was the only I think that was the only case that he had been sentenced to death. And it was one that there's a good possibility that he wasn't actually in the state for. Yeah. And so it's like, ooh, we really can't kill him for that. You know what I mean? Right. Because he wasn't. Now, if he had been convicted of all these other ones that had the death penalty attached to it, well, he's going to get it either way. Again, regardless of how you feel about the death penalty, that's the law and those were his convictions. Yeah. But if that was the only one and they're like, wait. I don't know that he really did this one. Yeah. Then, yeah. Give him a life sentence. That was a good one. Well, I feel like it was, like, bounced all over the place and... No, no, no. I think it made total sense. There was a... I mean, again, whew, a lot. I feel like all the stories I do when it's a serial killer or, fuck, in this case, two yeah. shit. You could do a whole podcast, you know, like, a whole episode on each one. Yeah. And, oh, God. There were a lot. And there were... They were really shitty human beings. They sound like it. And just, like, the... There's a lot of, like, recordings where you can listen to them talk, and they're just... I don't know. Like, Tool was like... Oh, God, what what do you say? He would just be like, yeah, there was a lot of them. Some of them were... You know, like, that's just how he talked. Like, I don't know. I just... Sling Blade? Legit. (laughs) Let me show him to you, and you'll be like, oh, fuck, he is Sling Blade. All right, y'all. I want you to picture it again. Not Florida. Okay. Don't even know where this happened. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we are like a fine wine. (laughs) We're getting better and better with each episode. Mm -hmm. We're honing our craft. There's always that one fuck up. 
But that gives us character. I mean, looking at you, Jack the Ripper and Paula and Gertrude. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. All right. The year was 1970. Same time frame. Mm-hmm. There was a college student named Donna. Best Ooh. fucking name ever. And she had a best friend named Carrie? No. It was Tiffany. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. And she was studying nursing. Definitely not you. Definitely not me. Be like, uh, can't touch your eye, can't touch your blood, don't want to have needles, and you're coughing on me. <laughs> like, is that phlegm I just heard? Oh. Because suck that shit back in. Oh, God. See, I couldn't even say that. <laughs> Literally, I think if I went one day, they would be like, ma'am, we're going to pay you not to come back. Be like, all right. Because, mm-mm. But, you know, I've dissected a shark and a frog. Baby shark, doot, 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 doot. <laughs> yep. You know what? Speaking of annoying songs that get stuck in your head, you know what I haven't done in a long time? When? Pineapple pen. Why the fuck did you have to do that? It came up today at work. Shit. And um, we have a student. She was like, don't. Don't sing that. That's going to get in my head. And I was yes. like, oh, I used to work that into every episode. And I was like, well, I think I only made three. But <laughs> my God, that really does get stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. So she's not me. This was 1970. And she was studying nursing. Okay. I will say when I was typing this out and like I would reread it to make sure that, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Donna, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm going to sound like the stupid, your nephews Mm -hmm. talking in third person. Fucking kids these days. I guess I'm hip. Never mind. I'm cool. All right. Because she was such a great student, hard worker, that is like me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her mom wanted to get her the perfect birthday gift. Did she go to class? Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Not the same. I can't help it that they gave us a syllabus and <laughs> they told us what the test was going to be on and when. That's all I got to do. I got to show up. <laughs> can't help it if I can study, like I can cram I know. all this shit. You make up some little catchy songs, you good. And that's how I passed college. <laughs> also, I was in history classes, and so they had, like, a blue book, Uh huh. and it would be, like, open-ended things, so I can just bullshit my way you through. You can, yes. And so it was like... Donna's a good writer, and so she can yeah. just... I mean, y'all heard Heapy and GP, uh, and okay. so she can just, like... <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I might not know a lot, and then I just kind of go on a tangent. I mean, that's how Tangent Time was born. <laughs> But, like, if it was multiple choice, I'm like, all right, all right, this is good. Like, can you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely one of these answers. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> however. Usually it is. Yeah. However, when I saw it was a blue book, one, I would have a freak out because I never had a blue book. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. Ooh. But I was like, oh, yeah. All right. Give it to me, big daddy. No. <laughs> That's what she said in the dorm room. <laughs> in the professor's office. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Just kidding. Obby. <laughs> Alrighty. What is a better gift than something that reminds you of something from your childhood? So her mom found the gift. It was a Raggedy Ann doll. Nope. 
from a hobby store. Sorry, Kelly. My sister loves Raggedy Ann dolls. So if you don't know, looking at you, younger listeners, a Raggedy Ann doll is, quote unquote, an adorable rag doll. She is cute. And she has a triangle nose and like just a mop of red yarn for hair. Mm -hmm. Well, Donna loved the gift. And the doll found a home on Donna's bed. How old was Donna? Did you say? She was a nursing student. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duh. (laughs) That whole 20-minute conversation. I mean, you know, hey, she could have been Dookie Hauser, so. Dookie? What's his name? Dookie. (laughs) (laughs) I never watched it. (laughs) Like, I thought you just misspoke. (laughs) You thought his name was Dookie? (laughs) Was he, like, on permanent shit duty? Like, Dookie Hauser? (laughs) I mean, he was a shitty doctor. What can I say? <laughs> he was a kid. Kids are shit. I mean, his name was Doogie then. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Doogie's at least a real word. Here is where I need to tell you that she had a roommate named Angie, and she was also a nursing student. Well, within a few weeks, Donna noticed the doll seemed to move on her own. At first, it was really subtle just changes in position, things that could be written off like, oh, well, I might have bumped the bed yeah. or whatever. Gravity. She just yeah. didn't have her set up, right? Yeah. And it always happened when Donna was out of the room. Mm-hmm. So, like, when she came back in, it's so, like, well, I might have done something on the way out, you right. know, whatever. Plausible deniability. Well, after it continued for a little bit, she was like, Angie's probably playing a joke on me. You know, like, coming in to see. It's something me and you would do. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to move just as much, see if she notices. Mm-hmm. So we can be like, you don't notice anything. Because that's no, our That friendship. sounds like you would, something you would do. Okay, okay. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and honestly, with Tiffany, that's who I would do it to. Because she didn't mm-hmm. even notice the whole fucking barn got built, like, two years <laughs> after. <laughs> no. She's going to kill us. My favorite Favorite is <laughs> we drive by this house that's on the corner of <laughs> of Donna's road, and she said, "Oh, they're moving because there was a U-Haul truck outside." And we were like, "Um, he works for U-Haul. That truck is there every fucking day, every day for years." And she goes, "Oh, they're moving." <laughs> It was like, wait, what? And it was like, oh, a U-Haul truck. And it's not a moving truck. It's for, like, cars. It's for, like, a U-Haul employee. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. So freaking funny. I mean, I'm not even legit. They had been, because they moved, they built that house after you moved Mm -hmm. in. So it had been, I mean, legit a couple of years. Yeah. That they had been, I mean, every single day a u-haul was there <laughs> and it's right on the corner that you have to turn at i mean you pass it from two different sides yes. oh tiffany is like fuming right now oh god you know she we're is. gonna get a voice message in a minute after she listens to this y'all but anyway we just love picking with her because of that all right back to donna and her doll well the movement increased and it would have its legs crossed or the arms folded on her lap. Mm-hmm. And then shit got even more weird. And 
it became fully mobile. No. Where the girls would leave the apartment and the dolls on Donna's bed, they'd return and the dolls on the couch. Nope. Also, if Donna left it on the couch, when she came back, the doll could be on her bed with the door shut. What? Yeah. So it's like, mm, okay. Then they both became like genuinely freaked out at this point because they came back home. The doll was standing upright, <gasps> leaning against a chair in the dining room as if it was mid-step no. when it heard the door open. This is not normal because it's basically a fabric doll with stuffing in it. Yeah, this is fucking Toy Story of Nightmares. Yeah. It Mrs. Lo- Des- <laughs> Mrs. Nesbitt came back to life and she's a bitch. <laughs> yes, because, hello, they're not able to stand without assistance. Yes. And this one's like, got the little leg bent, you know, yeah. like, ugh. Mid-stride. It's not like it's like a hard plastic doll that yeah. can just stand there. Right. All right, so they had this friend, Lou, and I've read that Lou is Angie's fiance in, like, one source, but everything else said friend, so... So, I I just thought Lou was a girl. Oh, sorry, no. I mean, it could still be her fiance. Yeah. I mean, I just... I don't know, I just... I don't know. Yeah. Well, he hated the doll. He like, had an intuition and knew? Mm-hmm. He was like, there is something deeply wrong with that doll, But the, and okay, I did this quote. It said, but the girls were modern women and they didn't believe that. Modern women, like. Did you write that? Are you? No, you quite. Okay, okay, okay. But it's just, they were women of science Mm -hmm. from like nursing. So that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I just love that the women were modern women. Yeah. All right. But soon the doll's actions got even more strange. Donna began to find pieces of parchment paper in the house with messages written on it. Help us. And then on other parts, it would say, help Lou. What? And the handwriting was of a small child's handwriting. Mm -mm. And it was in pencil. And so she didn't have any pencils. She didn't have a pencil. (gasps) What? And she didn't have parchment paper. What? Yeah. So it's like, where the fuck is this coming from? The pencil guess was supposed to be funny. Like, was the pen, my pencil guess was supposed to be funny. Like, to be so absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, of course she had a pencil. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Apparently they do the, you know, Sunday crosswords and pen. They're one of those. She, mm-hmm. she people. Oh, God. <laughs> With their pineapple pen. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Stepped right into that one. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Lou's like, it's a doll. I Like, I know this is from the doll. Like, look at all, like, exhibit A, exhibit B, see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but the girls were like, wait, this is what I think happened. Someone got one of our keys, probably had it under a doormat, and they're like, they're just coming in and fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Because Lou's told them, you know, shit's been happening. Like, this is all a prank. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, Don and Angie became little amateur sleuths. 
So they began marking windows and arranging carpets against the doors to reveal if they had any intruders when they were gone. But all their traps were unmoved and the doll continued to be moved around the apartment. So they're like, okay, this is strange, but it seems harmless. Which, uh, no, never be okay with that shit. Right. Like, that ain't normal. I mean... Did you not watch Annabelle and Chucky? Right. Like. Did you not time travel with Jack the Ripper and watch (laughs) movies that hadn't come out yet in the 70s? Right. But anyway, they said at Christmas time, they found a little chocolate boot on the stereo that none of them had bought. So they were like, it must have come from the doll, too. And she like she likes us. I want to know if any of them ate it. I also, where the fuck would the doll have gotten that? Pooped it out, I guess. Same with the parchment paper and the pencil, but a fucking chocolate boot? <laughs> I mean... Was it hollow or was it full? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What do you like? I like hollow. Full. I think. It depends on how, like, can can I bite it? <laughs> if I can't, if it's so, like, thick, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I like hollow. I like the cheap field. You know what I mean? Oh, God. You, I mean, you are the best because you're the cheapest. <laughs> I know. Like, get you Russell Stover's or whatever. Aren't those or, expensive? Oh. No. Know. But I'm like the lint, like L-E-D-T or mm-hmm. L-E-N-D-T. Those little hollows. L-I-N-D-T. Did I say E? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, in my head, I'm saying L-I-N-D-T. Sorry. I don't know. I just throw the wrappers away. But they come with like hollow Santa Clauses no. and hollow yeah, those bears. Are good. Oh, those are my absolute favorite ever. But they're so fucking expensive for like five and they're little and hollow. I just still like to wait till they're 50% off. Yeah, but all my good candy's gone then. See? You should eat the shit. I, know, like I me. can't. If you ate the shit like I eat, you'd have it all. You'd, you'd even still have some when they're 75% off. <laughs> well, you know what? You could get candy, and that'd be good for you. And I'm like, balloons, flowers, all the fluff. That's what I like. No. Not stuffed animals, though. Never want a stuffed animal. No, fuck no. Do you hear your story? <laughs> right. But, okay. Anyway, sorry. It's just about Valentine's Day. And so. In tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> In tomorrow. Yep. Okay, so the escalation continued. Angie said that there was once a little statue that they had, like a little figurine, and it lifted up across the room and then tumbled in the air, like doing a little flip, and then fell on the floor. Damn. And none of them were near the statue. It was on the other side of the room. They freaked the fuck out. Yeah. So, it's like, all right, maybe some, like, it fell and did something weird. You know, Mm -hmm. like, again, reason it away, because they're modern women. (laughs) (laughs) Then, dun-dun-dun, one night, Donna returned home to find the doll on her bed, which wasn't new. But she knew this time was different. She could just feel something wasn't right. So she carefully inspected the doll 
and she saw what looked like blood on the back of its hands and three drops of blood on its chest. And she, being a nurse, like, was like, yeah, this is blood. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be oozing from the doll. (gasps) So that was enough. Donna was like, all right, I give up. Like, let's contact someone. This shit is freaking me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, Is it like a voodoo doll? Don't guess. So the medium agreed to meet him. And she performed a seance in their apartment. So she sat with the doll and entered a trance-like state. She told the girls that long before their apartment complex had been built, there had been a field on that property. A seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins used to play in that field, and it was happy times for her. Is this the fucking real Annabelle story? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That octave you just hit, though. (laughs) But she had also been found dead in that field. So her spirit remained, but, you know, like, whatever. Well, when the doll came into the house, her the girl's spirit latched onto it. And she had said that everyone else in the apartment complex was older. Like, this is the girl, Annabelle, saying that everyone in the complex was older And too busy with their jobs. And she just couldn't relate to them. Mm -hmm. But when she found Donna and Angie, she was like, okay, these are relatable. They seem trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So saw them and she's like, how do I get their attention? I'm going to move this doll. Mm -hmm. And so she said, look, I just want to stay with them. I feel safe with them. And all I want is to be loved. Well, being the sweet, nurturing types, you know, they were like, yeah, I mean, this is what we want to do. We want to care for people. So let Annabelle stay. She's not harming anyone, you know, like, and the help us stuff, like, I mean, maybe she's warning them about something or she really does need help, you know, whatever. But who is us? I don't know. So Angie explained the logic later and she said it seemed harmless enough we're nurses you know we see suffering every day we had compassion anyway we call the doll annabelle from the time on so lou wasn't buying any of this he was like no you still need to get rid of that doll like now you know there's a spirit attached to it yeah whatever and donna was like look i can't get rid of the doll now Because getting rid of the doll would be like abandoning a child. Oh, okay. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And she's young, you know, and... I mean, honestly, I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, if you've gotten that far and you know that much about it. I know. Well, even though Annabelle remained in the house, she was not happy with Lou sticking his nose in her business. Mm. And that's when all hell broke loose. She said, this too much. <laughs> this bitch. Lou started to have bad dreams where Annabelle would attack him. He would wake up terrified, his head pounding like all the blood had been cut off to his brain. 
one night he woke up in a panic. He had had the bad dream again, but this time it seemed different. It was like he was awake, but frozen and couldn't move. So we know that as sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. He said he looked around the room because that's all he could do. And nothing seemed out of the ordinary. And then he just looked at his feet and he saw Annabelle by his feet. Mm-mm. She climbed up his leg <gasps> uh-uh. and he's frozen, cannot uh-uh. move. She slid up his chest to his neck and closed her stuffed hands around his throat. One arm touched each side of his neck and he said that it felt like they were making an electrical connection. Like one touched and then the other touched, you yeah. know? And then Annabelle started choking him. He said he still couldn't move anything. It was literally strangling him to death. And he couldn't help himself no matter how hard he tried. He said that he must have blacked out. And he woke up the next morning and didn't feel like it was a dream. But didn't have markings, you know? Yeah. So he was freaking out. The next evening, he and Angie were hanging out planning a road trip, and it was around 11 o'clock p.m. And they heard someone moving around in Donna's room. So they froze. Angie was scared it was a break-in. And Lou was scared it was a doll. But again, Angie's still thinking it has to be something tangible. Mm -hmm. You know, Lou crept over to the door, listening to the movement inside. When there was silence, he threw open the door and flipped on the light switch. And everything was as it should be, except Annabelle was off the bed and sitting in a corner, looking like she was haphazardly placed there. He approached the doll, and he said he was consumed with that feeling, like a burning on your neck that someone was looking at you behind you. Mm Mm-mm. So he spun around, cause still thinking, I mean, hell, it could have been an intruder, like, maybe behind the door, you know, yeah. something. So he spun around, and no one was in the room. Room was empty. And all of a sudden, he yelled and grabbed his chest because he felt pain there. Mm-mm. Angie said that she ran into the room, and when she got there, he was doubled over from the pain. Blood was all over his shirt, and he was shaking. So, they went out to the living room, opened his shirt so she could see what's going on. And what they saw was a series of, like, claw marks. On his chest were seven slices, four were horizontal, and three vertical. The marks were still burning and would radiate heat. And he said, I know Annabelle has done this. Mm-mm. Well... The weird claw marks began healing almost immediately later that night. In the next two days, they were gone completely. No scars or anything, and they were kind of deep. Yeah. They knew they needed help. So they turned to an Episcopalian priest, Father Hegan. He went and met with them, but felt... Like, he wasn't qualified to deal with it himself, so he called Father Cook. And Cook was like, we need demonologists. So, enter Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ooh, your favorite. 
Mm-hmm. And they were famous for the Amityville horror at this time. Well, it didn't take the Warrens long to come to their conclusion. There was no ghost in this case. Ed told them, to begin with, there's no Annabelle. There never was. You were duped. <gasps> However, we are dealing with the spirit here. The teleportation of the doll while you're out of the apartment, the appearance of the notes written on parchment, and the manifestation of the three symbolic drops of blood, plus the gestures that the doll made are all meaningful. They tell me there was intent, which means there was an intelligence behind the activity. But ghost, human spirits, plain and simple, can't bring on the phenomena of this nature and intensity. They don't have the power. He said it was an inhuman spirit, a.k.a. a demon, Mm -mm. attached to the doll. Nope, 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 nope. Ed also said that the doll isn't possessed. Demons don't possess things only people. He said it was clinging to the doll and manipulating it in order to give the impression of a haunting. Ed went on to say, what has happened is something inhumane has taken over here, demonic. Ordinarily, people aren't bothered by inhumane demonic spirits unless they do something to bring the force into their lives. He said the first mistake was to give the doll recognition that that's the reason the spirit moved into the doll to draw attention to itself. Once it had your attention, it exploited you. It simply brought you fear and even injury. Inhumane spirits enjoy inflicting pain because it's negative and they feed off of that mm-hmm. negative energy. Your next mistake was calling in a medium. The demonic entity has to somehow get your permission to interfere with your life. Unfortunately, through your own free will, you gave that permission when you said Annabelle can stay here. Shit. The Warren said that following Lou's attack, the demon's next move would be to exit Annabelle and enter one of them for the purpose of complete human possession. Mm -mm. And that would be followed almost inevitably by murder. Oh, shit. And they believed that the demon was set on taking Donna's soul. Mm-hmm. And then killing Lou. Mm-hmm. He said, Ed said the reason why Lou was attacked because he didn't believe it was an innocent spirit. Mm-hmm. And so he was a threat to the demon's plan. So he had to be dealt with. And Ed said, had this happened a week later... Annabelle would have probably overpowered him and probably killed him. Shit. So they called Father Cook back to perform an exorcism on the apartment. The Warrens decided that the best course of action would be to invoke the power of an exorcism blessing to banish the negative entity, the demon, from the doll. Well, Ed said that the Episcopalian blessing differed from the Catholic Right of exorcism because it's a blessing of the home and it's like a wordy seven page document mm-hmm. and it's positive in nature. So rather than specifically expelling the evil entity from the home, mm-hmm. it's instead directed to 
fill the home with power, a positive, and of God, you yeah. know, kind of like push the evil spirit out, but like not in a, not in a like brash. We're, and we're scared kind of way. Yeah. And not in like a brash manner. It's like you can't exist here because we're not living on the negativity. We're not right. reacting that anymore. We're focusing on like love and light and all of that. Yeah. Following Father Cook's exorcism, Ed and Lorraine were like, I don't think she's banished from this doll yet. Like, I think it's doing good and, like, it's not going to be in the house. But this doll still needs more work. So, they're like, look, we'll just take the doll. And Donna was like, good. I don't want her. So, they put it in a bag and was about to leave. Well, Father Cook was like, look, don't take the highway or anything because we don't know what that doll is going to do because now you're removing it from what the host it wanted, you know. They drove the back roads and the engine kept cutting out. The power steering kept failing and even the brakes gave them trouble. So it got so bad that Ed opened the bag, sprinkled the doll with holy water And the disturbances stopped enough that they made it home. Wow. Well, Ed left Annabelle next to his desk. Mm Mm-mm. Right? No. Well, it began levitating. (gasps) And it happened a couple of times, and then it just seemed to quit. Like, finally laying quiet. Uh Uh-oh. But in a couple of weeks, Annabelle was back to her old tricks. And they claimed that they had locked Annabelle in the outer office building before setting out on a trip. Mm -hmm. When they returned home and opened the front door, they discovered that the doll was facing them, perched on Ed's recliner. Mm Kind of like, mm mm-hmm, like, y'all thought you could contain me, but you can't keep a girl down. Uh Uh-uh. Well... Then she started appearing in different rooms in the house, and they were like, look, she's ramping back up, you know. No, 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 no. So they called in a Catholic priest to exorcise Annabelle, and the priest, his name was Father Jason Bradford. He didn't take it seriously. Like, he, you know, you get these two people, and they're telling you all this stuff, and, like, you're looking at a Raggedy Ann doll, this guy's probably used to seeing people possess, not yeah, a little stuffed toy. So it's like clearly a kid's toy too. Yeah. So he picked up Annabelle and was like, "You're just a doll. You can't hurt anyone." Well, big mistake mm-hmm. because on his way home, his brakes failed, and his car was totaled <gasps> in a horrible accident. God. He survived, but he called them. I don't know that wasn't it either. <laughs> and was like, y'all ain't going to believe this. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, we believe it because it happened to us. We told you. Like, damn. Yeah. So they're like, all right. Annabelle is way too dangerous. They built a specially sealed case for Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Saw that in the movie. 
mm-hmm, kind of like a glass coffin. Mm-hmm. And it's plastered with a sign that read, warning, positively do not open. Which is just funny. Like, why is it positively? Yeah. I mean, maybe they were just trying to cheer it up a little bit. Look, negatively open. (laughs) Well, you know what? Maybe they did that about positively instead of, like, do not, like, warning. Maybe. You know, and that's a negative, like, connotation. So the positively, what? I was thinking without warning. Warning. Oh, (laughs) That was still good. Mm-hmm. But you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah I absolutely. bet that's why they did that. Because it's such a weird wording. But yeah. Okay. Well, she still resides there to this day. And the locked case seems to keep her like in there. She's not moving from Damn. room to room. But she has been known to like shift in there. Mm-mm. And she's even been known to growl. Mm-mm. 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 Yeah. Eventually, the Warrens turned their collection, which included Annabelle, into an occult museum, mm-hmm. which is open to the public. Well, Ed said one of the most disturbing times he's like been involved with mm-hmm. was a young couple came in. Ed was the guide, and he had explained the background story of Annabelle and the young man probably trying to, you know, puff out his chest, mm-hmm. be like, hoo, hoo, hoo. he pounded on the glass case and challenged the doll to rise up and scratch him. No, don't taunt the devil. Right? It's like, don't, one, just don't knock on fucking glass. Yes. Like, come on. They say not to do it in a fucking zoo. Exactly. Don't do it. In a fucking occult museum. God almighty. Like, oh my God. Well, Ed was like, son, you need to leave. He probably said, you need to fucking leave. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You You, you ad-libbed there? Yeah. Okay. Allegedly said that. Okay. Um, (laughs) They left and they were on a motorcycle. Well... He was one of the last people to see him alive. (gasps) His girlfriend said, just after the museum, they were laughing about the silly stories surrounding Annabelle. And the man abruptly lost control of his motorcycle (gasps) and crashed into a tree. No. He was killed instantly and his girlfriend required over a year of hospitalization. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Ed passed away in 2006. But Lorraine said that she's, you know, kept her in that mm-hmm. case. But like I said, she will shift position some and growl at visitors. Damn. Well, Tony Spira is their son-in-law. And he's a paranormal investigator and helps out with the museum. He emphasized that of all the items in the family's occult museum, that, quote, that doll is what I'm most frightened of. Oh, could you imagine? No. Mm-mm. And he, like, was talking about that motorcyclist. And he said, never take things like this lightly, thinking it's all a joke. Which, yep. that's what we say. Don't. Absolutely. Did he Did he just steal our, <laughs> that's what we learned? Right. Well, who would take a chance like this? Oh, duh. Dibbick douche. Yep. Dibbick douche at it again. 
Well, Dee Dee, he had an episode that I just recently watched. Because I've been wanting to do Annabelle, but I was like, when's the right time? Because it's so, like, people do it all the time. Yeah. Well, when I saw Dee Dee in it, I was like, oh, shit, I got to bring it up. Yeah. Well, Tony Spira takes Annabelle to the Haunted Mansion. I mean, <laughs> in Disney World. Okay. Haunted Museum. And they're going to do a special with her. You know, he loves yeah. his specials. Yeah. This one was not four hours. And did it actually end appropriately? Well. Oh, shit. I, yes. Appropriately for Ghost Adventures. Okay. All right. So, Tony's like, okay, I'm going to take her out of the box, bring her in this, like, bag thing. Uh-uh. But you cannot touch her. And what does Zach do? I don't know. He fucking touches her. All right. Let me tell you. So, Jesus they God. have Annabelle in, like, his haunted doll part of the museum. Yeah. And she's in a chair. And they do some, like, EVP work. Mm-hmm. And it does say, like... Listen, and he says, like, who do I listen to? And it says Annabelle. Oh, my God. And so he was like, look, that might not be her. It might be some of the haunted dolls around here being like, listen to her. You yeah, know? yeah. So let's kind of isolate her. We'll put her on a chair in this middle of this room, you know, just to have her. Yeah. Well, then, God, I'm a terrible person because I don't remember. I think it's the SLS camera where it shows those little, like, I say they're dancing yes, figures. Yes, 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 Okay. Well, so they have that on Zach and Annabelle, and he's, like, crouched down beside her, like, asking her questions. And they have that, the one that makes, like, the dictionary words. And she said a few things on there, like, doll, and I think kill. And then it was, like, us. You, just things like that. Well, while he's talking to her, one of the little dancing stick figures is over her. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a blurb with the stick figure between them. And then it goes into Zach. <gasps> and so then it goes back out and then back into Annabelle. And they're like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. On cue, a dun, dun, dun. And Zach is, oh, he's feeling different. I was going to say, he's mad and he's possessed. Yeah. So he's like, she's talking to me. She wants me to touch her. She wants me to listen to her. Uh And they're like, no, Zach, don't do it. And so Tony's in their little, like, nerve center. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 10-4, good buddy, don't fucking touch her. No. I said don't touch her, don't touch her. And he's like, she wants me to, Tony. And he's like, Hail Mary, mother. For, I, I, right? Hail Mary, mother. Well, that's right. Yeah, Hail um, Mary, for love. Why are you so dumb? Right? Uh-uh. So he's saying, like, say this. And Zach is like, I can't say it. I can't say oh it. She God. wants me to touch her. Well, so then, like, I think even Zach had on, like, fucking gloves or some shit. And so then he, like, came around. He might not have had on gloves. I'm sorry. I think I was making him more extra. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my fantasy, he has on gloves on this thing so he could be more extra and, like, 
slyly pull one yeah. like, finger each off, and it's like, oh god, you know. And they sparkle because yeah. he's got them bedazzled. Ed Hardy Limited Edition. I swear, I was just about to say. <laughs> he's trying to get back in my good graces. Well, he is crouching down, and they're like, "Do not touch her," you know. And they're like, "Zach," and he's like, "I'm." She she just wants me to. She just wants me to. No. And they still have like the infrared camera and stuff on him, so they can see body heat and things. And they see him, like, his handprint on Annabelle's leg (gasps) because he touched her. And so Tony was like, cutting this short. Like, Uh you can't abide by my rules. You can't play with my toys. Get out of my sandbox. Exactly. (laughs) Take your toys and fucking go home. Yeah. So he's like, "Uh uh-uh, scooping Annabelle Annabelle up because you are releasing shit that you don't know about right. you know like like too much too powerful Mm-mm. whatever Mm-mm. well so zach says that annabelle's like the spirit demon whatever that was attached to her is now like in his museum or on the loose looking for a host Mm-mm. because like it kept jumping out and into him and then all of that shit, you know? Yeah. And then he fucking touched her. And so she... He had like, one fucking job. Right? I'm like, okay, one, I mean, in this instance, if you believe in all of this stuff, which I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in all this stuff, one of his people, like, need to have a taser. And when they... He does shit like this, when they're like, don't touch it, don't touch it. He's like, I got to. Eh. Tase his ass yes. and take him somewhere else and be like, you touched her and you freaked the fuck out. And we had to do this so he could get his little, you exactly. know, his show, you know, he could be extra about that. But like, you know, save all the mankind from exactly. fucking evil demon. Anyway. So that was that whole ordeal. But, of course, he had to fucking touch her. I was going to say, he's such a fucking douchebag. Yes. And it's like, really? But he wouldn't open the fucking divot box. Yes. Like. He had one job. Yes. Ugh. Okay. Well, that being said. Uh Uh-oh. No one has ever come forward to say, hey, yeah, this happened, and I'm Donna, or I'm Angie, or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Just the Warrens. And people you know they love to do a deep dive and the warrants you know they're always it's like a black mark against them Mm -hmm. for you know elaborating on shit and so then it's like did any of this shit happen you know well in 1963 an episode of the twilight zone there is a woman named annabelle who gives her daughter a doll that comes to life (gasps) And terrorizes the family. Uh Uh-uh. So people say they might have watched this and made it up. But I feel like 1963 and 1970, that's not a long time. So I feel like maybe they would be a little bit smarter. Yeah. And not be like, oh, okay, it's only been seven years. People, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. So whether or not it's true... I will never challenge Annabelle. 
I don't want to be a witness or no. a victim of her power. No, absolutely fucking not. And that is the story of Annabelle. Nope, nope. You can keep all these motherfucking dolls to yourself. And if Zach has his way, you better watch out. You better not cry. Because there's a demon on the prowl. Mm-mm. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your dolls. Don't have any of the above and you only have to hide yourself. <laughs> I can't fit in small spaces. Well, bright side, you don't have to share. <laughs> True. Uh-uh. Damn, that was good. Yay. I was like, are you doing anything? <laughs> All right. What did we learn? To stay the fuck away from toys. Uh, well, no, not, no, no, no. not of the kind that we have. Yeah. Let me. No, 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 no. Let's okay. back that up. Okay. Stay away from dolls. Mm-hmm. Kids toys. Yes. 18 and older. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Speaking of adult toys, so kids, if you're listening, well, why are you? But thank you for the download. Um, (laughs) But there was a jackrabbit vibrator, you Mm -hmm. know, with the little Mm -hmm. things. And it had a cigarette. No, that's so funny. Oh, my God. I cracked up at that. That's so funny. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Toys. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If something seems off, mm-hmm. it probably is. That's number two. Yeah. And that goes for Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh, for story. sure. For sure. Like, trust your gut instinct. I just think of, like, poor Adam Walsh. Just such, he's so young. Yeah. You know, he was playing with those kids. And fucking bratty Fuck fucks. And it, yeah, it probably wasn't even him that got in the little yeah. tuffle or whatever. Yeah. About tuffle? Tussle. Yeah. Scuffle and tussle. <laughs> I combine those. Anyway, whatever that thing is called. <laughs> probably wasn't even him. He was just hanging out, doing his thing, playing the game, and then boom, he gets mm-hmm. in trouble, you know? Well, he's probably... Okay, here it is. He is probably playing it, and then the bullies come up, and they're mm-hmm. like... That's my machine. I want to play that machine. You know, he's like, uh, I have a life left. And they're like, invade your fucking space. And like, <laughs> push him. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then the other guy like pushes him back on the other bully. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, just like monkey in the fucking middle. Yeah. And then about that time, like he's guilty by association. Exactly. And he can't speak up for himself. Because and, he's six. Yes. And he's already just, he was a monkey. Oh, God, poor thing. Bless his heart. Pete's sake. Poor baby. Well, I will say, if they didn't have Atari and they had the quarter thing, multiple people can play at the same time. The quarters just keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Maybe they learned their lesson and they were like, take away the games. Take away the games. We're going to raise money. Well, but I think it was like a, a demonstration, like, to oh, buy it. Uh, well, Best Buy still does that shit. Exactly. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Donna's just reminiscing of when she was a kid at the casino in the game room. Mm-hmm. I loved arcades. I grew up in arcades. And fairs. And... All the things I didn't have. <laughs> I will say, though, my dad, every morning, went to the country kitchen. Yes, that was what it was called. 
the country kitchen for breakfast, coffee, get them some breakfast. Mm -hmm. And they had a pinball machine in there. And on the rare occasion that I got to go with him to country kitchen for breakfast, (laughs) (laughs) I I would get to play the pinball machine. Oh, I love the pinball machine. (gasps) You know what I loved? The jukebox at Pizza Hut. Did you never get to pick the... Fuck no. Oh my God. What a waste of money. And I had to Look, make the songs. The only reason why we were even at Pizza Hut was because of fucking book it and my pizza was free. Girl, us too. And my mom probably was like, since you read 25,000 books to get this fucking free pizza, because mm-hmm. you know me, I got to go extra. It's like, if I can get one, I can get five. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a personal pan, girl, I need one for each hand. And little Donna was the same way. Well, look, go ahead. But, and you know I love a fucking song. Mm-hmm. I hit that a couple of times. And this is when Garth Brooks was all big and shit. So I had Garth going on. You can't go wrong with him. And they had like the tattoos, the little sticker. You know, you put in like a dollar twenty-five and you push it in. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the sticker. They yeah. had tattoos, the holographic stickers. Yeah. Girl, I had all of them. No. I loved Oh, and those st- those sticky hand things? No. I never had any of that shit. One of them got stuck in my hair one time. Mm-mm. Okay, anyway, sorry. Woo! Tangent fucking time at the end. If okay. y'all hung into this. I know. I was about to say, look, number three, Donna had all the shit. <laughs> all the toys. Those all the arcade sense. games. Woo! They, they were swimming in quarters at the Elwin house. <laughs> Damn, my dad does collect... Fucking pennies now. Uh-huh. He, he's like, there's no more quarters. Donna took them all. Nobody, all- you can't call someone who cares. <laughs> no one needs quarters anymore. Give me all the pennies. Oh, my gosh. All right. You know what? If we had a Dave and Buster's, I would be up in there right now. They're just so expensive. The games. Okay, they are. All, uh, like, all, but, like, all those places. Like, yeah. Chuck Cheese, all that. It's just too damn expensive. It really is. For, like, okay, if I'm going to spend that much on a game, we're going to fucking go to the casino and I'll at least have a <laughs> chance to win something. Right. You know what I mean? But you get to play Whack-A-Mole. Oh, it, but better than Whack-A-Mole, the alligator. The alligator, yep. Ugh. Doom. Doom. Yes. When you and I it. wanted to hit it so hard. But it's, if you hit it too hard, it didn't it count. It didn't count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It wanted you to control your anger. <laughs> yes. I was Damn. like, okay, work it out, but not too don't hard. Break don't break. Don't go too lit. <laughs> <sighs> don't go She-Ra on it because we learned She-Ra, not, mm-hmm. not the other one. Yep. All right. That's another thing we learned. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.